This is a Burn FM podcast. In this episode of Search History, we talk about the European Super League, the new TikTok punk girl group The Tramp Stamps, and the Hype House Netflix show. Hello everyone and welcome to Search History, a podcast where we take a deeper and more evaluative look into some of the trends circulating the internet recently. I'm your host, Jada Kai. Yay! Yay. I prepped Matt before this started that the applause was integral to hype me up because I'm so nervous every single time these podcasts start. Mm. Welcome back to the third episode. We had a little bit of a break for Easter, a brief hiatus, but we're back. And better than ever, I would say, because I think I know a little bit more about how podcasts work now, which I didn't at all when we started. Um, so I'm with the third housemate in the series, and the Max. Best. Hello, okay, I am Max. So what do you study? Interesting fact about yourself. I study English literature and um, oh, interesting fact. See, I, oh, I'm always stumped for these. Kate said the same thing. Absolutely stunned. Oh, I don't want to be associated with Kate. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. Um, favourite food? Favourite snack? Favourite drink? Favorite water. Water is, water is the best drink, regardless. Okay, that's a bit of an... A yeah, bit a bit boring. One. But I feel like everyone should know that. Okay, this is Max. Favourite drink is water. <laughs> um, so, Max and I met last year as housemates yes and liked each other enough tolerated each other enough to do it again for a second year <laughs> and even more enough to do it for a third because we're living together next year yeah. as well. mm. we can bear it just for now <laughs> so i really i was saying the other day that i've lived out of, after my immediate family you're the next person that i've lived with for the longest yeah yeah, it would be the same for me, thinking about it. Which is weird, actually. Wow. Yeah, you don't actually have to say it like that, because now like, it's really weird. Before, we didn't even know each other existed, and yeah. now we've lived with each other for almost two years. That's kind of freaky, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, Max and I have, I would say we have quite similar tastes sometimes. Mm. Like, in terms of, like, our sense of humour, thing we find funny. Yeah, I think so. But then, we are also completely different. <laughs> <laughs> like, we yeah. are not the same, even slightly, on, like, the other half of the time. Yeah. And so, I thought this would be an interesting episode, because... The way we use the internet, I would say that we're both very like active, like social media mm. people. Like we are on our phones, yeah. Right. But we use the internet very, very differently. <laughs> our interests are very, very different. So I thought we'd bring us together by talking about something we have in common, which is our use of TikTok, <laughs> <laughs> and then our two special interests. I'd say, uh-huh. which is football and yes. girl groups. Yeah, and yeah. we'll see what comes of it. You both feel very passionately about girl groups and. Football, so I wonder who is passionate about which one. Yeah, I tell. wonder if you guys can guess. <laughs> so, are you excited for the episode? Yeah, I can't wait. Let's get okay. into it. Let's do it. Okay, so first topic of the podcast, we're going to be talking about something massively controversial, took the internet by storm, gripping drama, <laughs> the European Super League. Yes. It was so very Max is a huge football fan um, and I think it's quite funny because I was literally saying that when I was home for Easter I did not think or see football for even more than maybe like z- literally 0.5 seconds. I yeah. maybe saw an ad. It was the opposite for me. And that was it. <laughs> and the minute I stepped back into this house football is a very consuming part 
of our existence. Well, it was good timing because as soon as we got back, the Super League stuff happened, so exactly. it sort of became everything. And I'm so excited that I came back for when the <laughs> Super League announcement dropped because it was the second day we were back. Yeah. And I would have been devastated <laughs> if we wasn't here to live see everything unfold. Me break down. Um, so if you don't know what the Super League is, I also am not sure that I know completely. <laughs> Max is going to tell us a little bit about what the European Super League is. Well, I guess in sh- it's hard to sort of keep it in short, but essentially it was the, the 12 biggest clubs in all of Europe decided to split off and create their own league. Um, it was sort of a money power grab that, all, that guaranteed that they wouldn't ever be relegated or lose any sort of financial power or gain. Um, and as a result, the football world sort of exploded and yeah, and rightly so really, but... Okay. I mean, that's basically the overview. Can we scramble into what relegated means? <laughs> what relegated means going down for a division. Okay. Yeah. I got it before. Yeah. I was like, that's a word I'm not familiar with. Okay, God, so what were your initial thoughts? The minute you saw the announcement, what put us in your headspace, what was going through your head? You said that you were up on Twitter for hours. I burst out laughing originally, straight away, mm-hmm. because I just thought it was a joke. And then it sort of all got official. Well, there was, it was sort of rumoured about on the day and then at night all the clubs let out, an, let out a statement each and then Twitter exploded and then everything went absolutely mental. But yeah, no, I... Yeah, it was... Um, I can't really remember what I thought, but I just sort of remember watching it all ex- unfold and explode, all the pundits going mental. And yeah, that's so basically it. public reaction was pretty big. I mean... I saw a tweet that said, you know, check on your guy friends right now, they're not okay. <laughs> the public reaction yep. was big. You know, I listened to you listening to a, a podcast, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. um, where the, the guy was up in arms. You know, yeah. he was very, very upset. Do you think that the public reaction was disproportionate or do you think it was completely valid? I think it was valid, but also, I guess controversially, it's sort of, there were, re- there were obvious reasons as to why the clubs broke off. And obviously... They went about it in a terrible way. But clubs have been struggling financially, especially in the times that we are in now. That means that they're not making as much money as they really should, considering their global reach and value is there being. Football is a monopoly that basically they try to... Well, football essentially now is a monopoly that's run by UEFA and FIFA. And the clubs thought that it was their, their right to destabilise that monopoly and create their own. But this one, UEFA and FIFA is sort of founded on the ability to go up and down through leagues. And mm. in theory, a team that's in the championship right now could then go to the Champions League in a matter of years. In theory, obviously it doesn't really happen, but it could happen. That's the whole point. But this all means that the best cl- the best clubs and the biggest clubs, not even necessarily the best best clubs, but the biggest clubs will always be in the best leagues regardless. And... Um, that was the main fundamental issue with it. And the owners sort of realised that afterwards in their statements. Obviously, they're sort of wishy-washy. We're so sorry. We didn't mean it, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, they did mean it because they went through with it. But the backlash was enough for them to be like, yes, oh, and then they really, yeah, didn't. Yeah, maybe exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I read a tweet by a guy uh-huh. named Solskjaer. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I didn't like the concept anyway. It has to be on sporting merit. I want to earn the right to play in Europe. Devil's advocate. <laughs> so, what you basically described to me is mm-hmm. twelve amazing, groundbreaking, 
awe-inspiring best <laughs> ever teams playing against each other uh-huh. head-to-head. Isn't that more of an appealing format? You get the best of the best. The teams everyone knows, everyone cares about. All the teams in that league were teams that I knew. <laughs> and those teams always play. Is that not a good thing? Well, I guess that was kind of their intention. They kind of thought that that was, would be the global view. And it most likely probably is. Because obviously fans around the world aren't going to feel the same way about football as fans in England are. Yeah. And obviously all these owners that are largely American, well, foreign in general, probably didn't quite understand, I guess, the values of football, but also, I guess, the values of British culture and what football plays in that. Um, and so, I guess, as a result, they thought that that would be the best course to take and to to create this wide-reaching best clubs play every week. I don't know if that's the, if this is the right phrase, but it feels like a very American approach. This oh, yeah, it entirely is. Like, it's a, it's it, is like a grand it is literally slam. that. It's like, it's it's... It's exactly the same format as the NHL, which is the um, the hockey, and also it's very similar to NBA and the NFL, because it's it's the best way of maximising revenue and profits for the biggest clubs rather than the governing bodies that that run them. And also moving away from like merit. Yes, exactly. Which is a bit. Which makes it easiest for them, right? I mean, I, I'm an Arsenal fan, and we've been very much struggling for the past few years, and <laughs> our owner is someone that sort of. Stan Kroenke is someone that enjoys, I guess, plain sailing and making enough money to make profit, but not have to invest enough for him to make any sort of losses anyway, at all, which I guess would mean the Super League would be perfect for him. So, <laughs> Well, that kind of ruins my next question, because okay. I was going to say, you know, you're an Arsenal fan, uh-huh. Arsenal fan was one of the 12 teams in the Super League, in, somehow. do you not think that Arsenal deserves all the glory of being in the Not Super at all, League? unfortunately not. <laughs> Well, that's the funny. That's the thing. Well, like, we've been terrible for the past few years. AC Milan, another team that was in it, mm. haven't been in the Champions League for seven years. Spurs haven't won a Premier League title since the nineteen sixties. Mm. I mean, it, it's all sort of. It's, it's just. It just seems very ridiculous. I mean, there's like teams like a team called Ajax. It's a Dutch team that has incredible European pedigree that weren't invited because, I guess, because they're not in a very big league. But yeah, I mean. If it's not if it's not started by those clubs, they're probably not going to get invited because no one cares about them really. Because all they want is they just want their own money. They want to keep it to themselves. They want to keep an enclosed pot of elite clubs to make as much money as possible. Very fair. So all in all, quite disappointing in general to hear about. But what I found was quite interesting was how quickly it backpedaled. Because yeah. I feel like at the beginning of this week. It kind of felt like this impending, going to happen, yeah. ominous thing. And almost literally a couple of days later, it's like already winding yeah. down. I was convinced that it was something that was definitely going to go ahead, but I so was very wrong. do you think that shows like the value of like public outcry? Oh yeah, public outrage. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, yeah, they, 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 they did say that they were expecting some bad PR, but this is so far beyond bad PR. Yeah. It was, it was... I mean... I'm going to be honest, I saw some kind of meme, mean TikToks and mean tweets like, boys finally understand what capitalism <laughs> is with the Super League. But, you know, I think it was kind of one of those things where people really maybe thought that they could get away with it. And yeah. they were just completely shocked when people were like, you mm. can't get away with yeah. it. Because, I mean, some of the interviews I heard, some of the men sounded near tears. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, they can get away with it. They have all the power, which is my worry, which is why I was convinced that it would go ahead. It would go ahead. Because they own, 
because they are what makes makes money. The clubs and the, their players is what makes all the money for all the leagues. So they do hold all the bargaining chips. But I guess they realise that there is a bad... There is... Not all PR is good PR. Yeah. So... Yeah. All in all, in your opinion, who was the most embarrassing... What was the most embarrassing thing that came out of this? Oof. Because I've seen... I mean, again, yeah. I don't understand football, but I, <laughs> I don't understand the fandom. There were some very embarrassing parts. I mean, some of the apologies were quite embarrassing, I guess. I mean, it's quite... I mean... They've been, especially to do with Arsenal, they've sort of been, I mean, the executive of Arsenal has gone round to all of the other 14 clubs uh, clubs, and called them up, called their chairmen up and apologised. But it all seems very desperate and sort of like... <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, it's just it's like calling up, we're really sorry, it won't happen again. I know five days ago I thought this was brilliant. But, but uh, now... We made a mistake, it won't happen again. But it will happen again. Now I'm begging... Yeah, well, that was going to be my last question. Do you think that we've avoided things like the Super League happening or it's just, you know, we've kind of avoided this Super League and we're leading into, like, another variation of the Super League which might seem more acceptable, but it's basically the same thing. This is all very far from over, without a doubt. I mean, well, the the president of the whole thing has said that, one, the Super League will still go ahead Mm. somehow and that the clubs haven't technically pulled out and if they do, they are going to be heavily fined. So, yeah, I guess we wait and see. I think the fine I think, is the biggest deterrent. Yeah, I think so. But also, I think that their aim is probably this was most likely like a bargaining chip, or like their a negotiation tactic where this was the worst that they could do, and this is how bad it could get. And then they think, okay, how about we re- negotiate some? Yeah, some that rules. just seems likely to me. They were like, this was a bit too yeah. far. And it will but... be like, but we can do this, and it will be like. A watered-down version. Plan all along? I think it was. They were like, let's pose to them this outlandish yeah. thing that sounds horrible on paper and then we'll kind of take it back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And do a little bit less. And everyone will be like, wow, they, they came to their senses. I guess, yeah, that, but that also, was always their intention. Yeah, it does feel like that. But, I mean, they're definitely intelligent enough to do it. So, I guess we'll wait and see. But it's definitely not over, without a doubt. Um... My last question to do with football mm-hmm. is what is your favourite football kit? Because that's what I care about when I look at football. Well, you really how like... pretty they look in the <laughs> You really like the Arsenal third kit. The navy that, the blue navy and, and the pink. pink is immaculate. Yeah. What's your favourite? There have been some great Arsenal kits over the years. But I feel like I should stop going with Arsenal kits because it's all about Arsenal. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean Arsenal just in general makes some very good kits regardless, even recently. A British Dortmund, a German team, they make great kits all the time and they're really good. I'll show you afterwards. I'll, but they I are. don't know how to spell that, but I will no, get you to show I will show you them because <laughs> they're very cool. Favorite. And I think you like them as well. That's Actually, the only them. reason I keep watching yeah. is to see them come out in, <laughs> in their kit. And then well, Dortmund love the bright yellow. think about their kit. Dortmund love bright yellow kits. Okay, their home kits are always bright I yellow. I can respect that. But their away kits are very cool. Okay, yeah. so I just wonder at the end of this, at the end of our time living together, Mm-hmm. Will I know more about football, or will you know more about girl groups? Oh, it's really going to be football. I don't. I just. I don't think I can retain any girl group information. I'm going to be real. Oh, that's disappointing because no. that is the next section <laughs> of this podcast. Can't wait. Onto the girl groups. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to be talking about my area of expertise. I am a self-proclaimed girl group aficionado. Mm-hmm. 
And we're going to be talking about some internet drama that has been circulating around a girl group called the Tramps Jams. Okay. Now, initial reaction from the name of the group. That's a lovely name. Yeah. Lovely. Very appealing, I feel like. I feel like the name, the Tramps Jams, to be honest, is really good for the image that they are trying to convey. Like when when we go deeper into this, <laughs> it will the make tramp sense. stamps will kind of be like, wow, okay. you know, this does make sense. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to show you a picture of them mm-hmm. live. Okay. Because I know that you have no idea who I'm talking about. If I can guess what they could look like, but um, okay, do that then. I'm thinking like dyed hair. Uh-huh. All white. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh. I don't really know what else you know. I felt like that's probably. I, th- I think that's. I think that's it. Is that as far as I can I go? I think yeah. that's it, and it's correct because these are <laughs> tramp stamps. Wow, I'm actually bang um, on. Yeah, wow. So if you guys don't know what they look like, I will post a picture on one of my social medias yeah. to indicate what these women do look like. But these are the tramp stamps. We've got pink hair, purple hair, blue yeah. hair, and they are all, all white, white women. So you mid to early twenties probably. A hundred percent accuracy. Wow. Um. So for those of you who don't know. Um, the Tramp Stamps were essentially a group that has been created recently. Um, well, I think they've been around for a little bit on TikTok, but they recently mm-hmm. blew up with their new song that they released, which we just listened to before the episode. Um, so a quote from Rebecca Jennings in a Vox article is mm. that it's a group from Nashville of featuring three women in their 20s dressed in the trappings of a stereotypical alt-light Zoomer. it's flattering you know i so the central thing about the tramp stamps is a lot of people think that they're an industry plant which essentially Uh means that they're not an authentic you know three friends met decided to make a band they were planned they're a carefully cultivated group that clearly had tiktok and young generation z gen z people as their target Mm -hmm. audience and what they wanted to convey um, so their origin origin story mm-hmm. initially said three girls got drunk at a bar and wrote a song was what they said in one of their first TikToks. It's cute and quirky, isn't it? Yeah. They then said that they met at a writing camp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so from the jump, you know, there's some miscommunication as to how they actually came to uh-huh. be. So they initially started on TikTok in November, but they recently wrote a song that came out sometime in April called I'd Rather Die. Okay. Um, And the lyrics are, essentially, I'd rather die than hook up with another straight white guy. And then a list (laughs) of of all the straight white guys that they no longer want to hook up with. Um, So how does that make you feel as a straight white man? I mean, it sort of seems like... Yeah, it does seem very industry planty from the off, at least with lyrics like that. Yeah, so they, they kind of carefully... They know what they're doing. It's very, very deliberate. It's very, very intentional. Um, One thing that's very intentional about them is their usage of fake stan accounts. (laughs) So accounts that are supposed to be Tramp Stamps fans, but are clearly run by themselves or their production company. The funny funny thing about this is there's a TikTok that apparently they've alleged was an error where they say, like, stand the Tramp Stamps. And... um, then when they post a, the picture of the tramp stands, the tramp stamps like Instagram page, you can see the edit profile button. Oh god! Which means they weren't even careful enough to screenshot the account from a different device. That's really bad. <laughs> they said that it was a glitch, but I'm not convinced. A glitch, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So Billy thinks that they're a social experiment created. 
for attention Ooh, and see, all of their it's... errors are deliberate. Mm. And I think that's a very valid point because some of the aspects of it feel very, very strange. It's quite blatant, isn't it? Um, so one of them is called Marissa mm-hmm. and they made a comment that was uh, really, really tone deaf. And I think that's what's <laughs> making this really weird about the whole, you know, industry plant mm. thing is because they've kind of cultivated this persona that just feels very, very fake and gimmicky mm. and so inauthentic because they're just trying to reach for something that they're consistently missing. Yeah. Okay. Um, in one of their posts where they said, the internet loves to hate us, they ended the email or the post saying, make tampons free. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, preach. It's, they're trying to stay very, very topical and mm. they're, they're kind of missing the mark. On Tumblr, I can't read this verbatim because okay. it's, yeah. some of the words aren't appropriate um but the trump stamps official tumblr said oh sorry we don't pay attention to white cis boys haven't you heard and this girl you know hero of the people zombie gal said miss girl aren't all of you cis and white (laughs) the trump stamps official page responded marissa is literally italian (laughs) oh my god okay now i'm kind of like leaning towards what you said can they really be very that tone so deaf? unbelievably can yeah. you be that tone deaf another thing that was funny is a line in their song is essentially listing a list of boys names that they would rather die than hook up with so it's like mm-hmm. another charlie another steven another basic white boy basic man, white, yeah. white boy names and someone went through their instagrams and found a white boy with that name that they're <laughs> following Surprise, surprise. So it was kind of like the jokes kind of wrote themselves uh, for the tramp stamps. And it does seem very blatant, doesn't it? Um, they've been described as, um, according to Rebecca Jennings' articles, but I've seen these TikToks, they've been described as BuzzFeed core. Which, okay. <laughs> you know, Asti and I talked about in yeah. our last episode, BuzzFeed is notoriously a tone-deaf platform <laughs> that's catering to who knows who they are catering yeah. for. They're trying, but they're just never on the market. And so I do get this comparison. Yeah. Um, they've been described as the band version of Riverdale. Nice. Okay. Which, yeah. fair, yeah, I that think. Kind of Riverdale, makes sense, yeah. another show that who is their target yeah. audience? What are they doing? No one really knows. This sort of obscure teenage audience that no one really knows exists, but... Um, I do have to say though that I, their song has been stuck in my head for the entire duration of I feel the for you, TikTok meet, from April 9th when the song drops to now, God, it has, slightly, been, it has been stuck in my head, which clearly shows that when people kind of come together, like an industry comes and they create a group and they, they, they know what they're doing. Mm. They definitely do. They know what they're doing because they've made a song that... I'm not, you know, I don't want one argument that's really consistent is how they're not really punk, but I don't want to actually get into that because I don't know really yeah. what constitutes punk. I also feel that's not really the issue with this with this group. Yeah, I mean, it is an issue for some people. They're like, you guys are fake punk, which I do understand. I think. There are definitely more blatant things going on with this group yeah, than just I think, how punk they are. I do they think are. that, I mean, again, another thing that is a bit... This is a bit speculative. As I said, fake Stan accounts, we don't know if... Mm. I can't confirm it, is it actually is a yeah. fake Stan account. But one of the uh, Tramp Stamp fan accounts tweeted, I've decided that it's better for me to use this platform for positivity rather than negativity. 
Here's a fan edit I made imagining what it lo- would be like if the tramp stamps were at Stonewall. <laughs> <laughs> so the gay oh, liberation gosh. movement, and they were edited into a photo. <laughs> oh my sneer. word. And so, if this is actually them, if this is actually them... It feels... Oh, well. It can't just be tone deaf. This has to be calculated. Because who in their right mind would say, let me edit the tramp stamps? I do think we are underestimating some people's ability to be stupid. And I think that often, especially somehow, it always seems people in these kind of positions of fame and recognition always seem to make incredibly tone deaf and stupid mistakes. Mm. But this sort of seems beyond that. This does seem... Maybe Billy is right. Um, Yeah, no. When she first said it, I was like, no, come on. Industry plant, yes. Social experiment, no. But the more I kind of delved into it, I was like, there's so many topical things that Mm. are happening with this group that seems very, you know, carefully executed. Like, even the the controversy, like, Mm. feels, like, very carefully orchestrated because Mm. why would you do that? (laughs) So it kind of comes to a point where it's like, maybe. I mean, also... A lot of them seem to have controversial past. Now, I don't want to comment on this because I actually haven't seen or can't find proof of um, any of the girls using slurs. I'm not saying they don't exist because people have said that they do, but I don't want to comment on that because mm-hmm. I can't find them. Um, but mostly what I wanted to talk about, and something that was mentioned in the Rebecca Jennings article. Now, I don't completely agree with her in saying, you know, why are we focused on tearing down women and tearing down people? She kind of says, you know... And the tramp stamps say, like, you guys have dedicated so much of your time to this hate campaign. Just mm-hmm. don't listen to our music. And I do understand that to a certain extent. You know, maybe yeah. everyone could just phase them out of their, mm. you know, conscious. It doesn't doesn't take much. I've said this all the time, is that when we don't like people and then we keep talking about <laughs> them, we're only fueling the machine, you know. Just, just boosting them, yeah. Just stop talking about them. Um, and so I do get that, but I do think some of the things that they say are so problematic and tone deaf and just like a little bit off, like yeah. the Italian comment, the Stonewall thing. Very if strange, they were responsible it? for that, that's really yeah. weird. The whole, you know, I don't listen to cis white guys make tampons free. You know, it feels very performative. Yeah, I'm, it really I'm does. not. It's not that I hate them. I, I I don't hate the song. I mean, I'm. I'm it's not on my playlist, but it's not a bad song. Um, it's not for me, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's a bit performative. I think it's yeah. a bit icky. But I think mostly what people are upset about is the fact that they're inauthentic. Like, look at these girls who just dyed their hair and are now trying to be this brand that isn't really them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the issue people have. Um, people said that one of the girls, I think Marissa, was in a group performing as a solo artist and it was a completely different vibe. And so they've clearly... Oh, wow, okay. Two of the other girls were in commercial music before, so they've clearly tried to kind of tailor their style. Yeah. And so the question I have for you is, do you think the quality of a group or an artist is diminished by them being industry-generated? Do you think that um, a lack of authenticity is important mm. for an artist to be successful, or at least for you to be interested in them? Personally, I don't. But I guess I, it really does depend on the extent, because this sort of does seem very... Mm, a little bit oh, over the top. Yes, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's always been like the. I think like Billie Eilish has always been often accused of being an industry plant or something similar mm. just because of how she sort of became famous, being like mm. a kid, mm. essentially. But I don't think that really should, ne- should necessarily be an issue on its own. But when you're going as far as this, 
which does seem very mm. over the top. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. One could definitely say that there aren't a lot of artists right now that are completely authentic. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Justin Bieber's new album probably had an entire team. I mean, Justin at Bieber least in general would have been. people behind yeah. it cultivating it. I'm sure a lot of artists now have so many people kind of trying to like curate yeah. an image for them. Mm. I mean, maybe. I feel like often with fans, it's. What fans seem to love, I guess, would be like the process of an artist becoming. Mm relatively unknown or just starting out on their own and not being an industry plant and mm. doing what they do by themselves and then progressing into this mm. production themselves and becoming a brand yeah and i guess like that's what the progress that people want to see and i guess that someone that would be against industry yeah. plants in general would be someone like that but i mean again i guess it's kind of like hollywood nepotism when you find out an actor or an actress has famous parents and then you're kind of less interested yeah. in them because they haven't they haven't it, like, it feels okay, like they haven't well done well then you haven't yeah. earned it then <laughs> but it, it, it actually is it is similar to that but, it's like i mean you don't like the song right you but that's just my like personal preference but, but yeah technically we could say just the way we'd say okay maybe i'm trying to think of a, a famous actor zoe kravitz right yeah you know her parents are famous mm. lenny kravitz's parents were famous you know they are talented in their own yeah. right just because they had that i mean we could and that say, shouldn't take away from the tramp stamps are talented women you know why should we be upset that they got a little extra help yeah i don't think we should i i think that I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe if that... I don't really know how that much about the Tramp Stamps, personally. <laughs> but, I mean... It, I feel like if they were incredibly talented and sort of mm. took everyone back with their incredible singing and songwriting and whatnot, mm. this probably wouldn't be as much of an issue. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I think the issue for me mm. is the fact that doing a little bit of a deep dive, like not even looking that far back, mm. you can kind of tell that this isn't... May might not necessarily be who they yeah. are as people and as I said it kind of feels a bit performative mm -hmm. in one sense because kind of the brand that they're trying to push is like a very like woke Gen Z you mm. know Generic, I care about yeah. the environment and women and that, <laughs> I mean, that feels like really weird that you're turning that into a brand Yeah, like that should just be a moral code yeah. that shouldn't be like a personal brand or whatever um, so I think maybe people think that they've kind of gone too far because they're veering into territory yeah, that's clearly not who they are. I mean, one of them is married to a straight white guy. <laughs> and you're singing like, I'd rather die, you know? So it, I guess it's yeah. sort of, this is too obvious. It's not them, really, in that mm. in that sense. But so what do you think crosses the line of trying to gain traction? I mean, Hollywood, the music industry, dog eat dog, you know? Yeah, it's it, very competitive. It's... And so there's clearly you know you have to be ahead of the game you have mm. to be on, on top of it i mean Lil nas x you know he was a troll oh, on yeah. reddit to kind of get what's that song called uh, old, old town, town road, road to yeah. kind of gain it gain mm. that traction but what do you think is too far what do you think is okay this is way too much i don't want to pay attention to this artist anymore i feel like the line is quite blurry especially it also does depend mm. artist to artist i guess in the case of tramp stamps I think it's very easy for the for the line to be mm. very early on in their career or something that's very mm. minute because when you're not I guess it's obviously very different for someone that's established in the music industry industry to make a mistake or have some sort of scandal like this and get mm. away with it. When you're if your foundations are built upon something like this, which is basically a scandal and basically threatening what you are as a group, you lose all your credibility straight away. Yeah. But 
Yeah, mm. but I mean, I was kind of thinking about, you know, early stage Nicki Minaj, mm-hmm. where she Vaguely. had like, it was very Lady Gaga inspired, uh-huh. even early stage Katy Perry, where they were wearing like ice cream dresses, like not pushing yeah. the envelope like Lady Gaga and wearing yeah. meat to an award show, <laughs> but you know, kind of close. Mm. And now we look at them and we're like, clearly they're very separate Oh yeah. from early Nicki Minaj, early era where mm. she had blue hair, you know, ice cream. Yeah. Like, costumes and stuff like that so clearly even though we thought we saw Nicki Minaj's career trajectory Mm. from one point to another of her becoming super successful the early stage of her career was probably very industry yeah most likely yeah so so. I feel like it's just you can be an industry plant Mm. but don't make it so obvious that people can find out online at least make an effort to hide it if we start unpacking it and we start unpacking artists a lot of them Mm. I mean one of my favorite girl groups of all time, Fifth Harmony. Mm-hmm. Te- technically, were in, they were industry generated. Yeah. They met on an award show. Mm. I'm sure if they look back at the music that they made yeah. when they first started, very industry generated. But then that's never th- frowned upon, like the idea of like a group being formed from like mm. within the industry itself. I guess that's never really I guess thought it's of the as faking, like faking, the kind yeah. of pretending. Like we met at a bar and wrote a song. I mean, if didn't. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like they have lied and. That is very strange. You'd think that at least... It yeah. would be easier to cover it up. They have yes, a better team know. that can hide it. Yeah. Which then leads all back into Billy's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a conspiracy theory that it's a social experiment. But also, if you're not going to go... If you're not going to really try and cover it up and make, you se- make yourself seem as this authentic person, just tell the truth. Say that you met through production companies and you form this group yeah. this will be, it will be more successful for you to do yeah. that than to lie Rebecca and... Jennings says that in her article about them where she says they should just change their name as the industry plants and just <laughs> lean into it for their entire yeah. career I think that would and work honestly mate I'm already singing their first song <laughs> against my will so maybe if they did that I'd download the album well you are the target audience so. I am yeah it's definitely not me which leads into our next topic oh yeah something we have in common netflix tiktok (laughs) TikTok. but also where we are completely yes yeah so on to the next topic we're finally at the end and we're talking about the hype house so for those of you guys who don't know what the hype house is to all of my family that listen to this podcast because (laughs) i forced them to and have don't even know what TikTok is really. The Hype House is an influencer house based in LA that was created earlier this year to house all of the famous TikTokers, which is a useful business strategy, I guess, to kind of gather everyone together mm-hmm. that's famous and relevant, yeah. put them all in the same place. It's the trend now. Make isn't them it really? make content. Very popular. Yeah. I mean, we had Team 10 a couple of years ago. We had O2L, even, I don't know if you know what O2L is, but O2L was an initial, I think was one of the first non-gamer content houses that was created. So it is kind of a popular LA business model. It's been, it's in the UK as well, the Wave House. I've no idea what they do there. No. I have no idea. Simon Um, had a house. But recently we found out last night that the Hype House is being given their own Netflix reality TV series. Their Nothing own more less than they deserve. TV series. Um, so interestingly enough, the Hype House kind of isn't comprised of the people that kind of made it the Hype House initially. So we don't have the Addison Rays, the Charlie D'Amelios, the Dixie D'Amelios okay. anymore. The ones that um, I know. The ones that people yeah. know. Um, so the lineup now is uh, this girl called Sienna, um, 
Oh, Vinny Hacker, yeah. a, a boy that Recognizing you know, is attractive. I, mm. I don't know what else he does outside <laughs> of that. Um, Nikita Dragon. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Is also in the hype house. So it's, okay. it's quite a weird bunch of people, I would say. Um, I mean, on one hand, there's the fact that, you know, Nikita Dragon is quite a problematic yeah. individual. She you could say has that. done some very controversial. Mm very negative things in the past yeah um so on one hand there's kind of the notion of why are we platforming problematic people Mm. why are we giving them more screen time i would say that's kind of a common narrative that people have when they're talking about this um but what i'm interested in Mm. is how mainstream media is really focusing on influencer programming yeah well yeah it makes sense though i think yeah. It doesn't really I mean, surprise me, it, honestly. It, it doesn't really. I mean, I think it's kind of catchy. Yeah. It's engaging. You know, you know, you get the young people. And it's easy, I think. I think it's very easy for a big corporation to be like, what's getting views right now? These attractive teenagers that are filming TikToks, we give them a show and so let them let do their thing. Them. Yeah. And something that's interesting about me, uh-huh. which you have commented on many a time when Uh i say many a time i mean many a time (laughs) is how i have the capability to watch the most rapid television programs exist with no substance for a prolonged period of time Mm -hmm. which is something that you can't understand um so i will probably most likely i'll make sarah watch it with me i feel like i'll be dragged into it as well which i'll I'll probably end up you actually will be to be fair i find it Um, funny i think i'm happy about it would watch the hype house Mm. You know, because I've watched other influencer Netflix shows. I watched Chasing Cameron with Cameron Dallas. I watched <laughs> okay. that about ManCon yeah. and boys that go on tour and jump up on stage and <laughs> lip sync to songs and don't even dance or wow. do anything. They just pivot their camera to the audience <laughs> and jump up and down. I watched that. I had no idea who half the people were. But I was, I was intrigued enough. Yeah. Um, so something that people have said is that, you know, this is such vapid, non-engaging, non-interesting content. Mm. Do you think that's important for like, com- like platforms like Netflix to only kind of cater to more serious content or more impactful content? Do you think there's anything wrong with just having lots of like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Like, no, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's not like it's not even like Netflix have ever been like renowned for being a mm. groundbreaking. Okay, they make some very good shows once in a while that are sort of challenging, but there is a lot of sh- strange and I guess similar content to the hype house that aren't necessarily I guess well documented because no one really cares about them but then yeah. everyone does people do care about the hype house so what like who yeah. can say that they shouldn't do that Which I think a lot of people say this and I, I always am really confused by this is that people seem to not realise when they're not the target audience yeah exactly and so you see people on Twitter like I'm not going to watch this why would I <laughs> You want they don't the want you to watch it. Audience, yeah. buddy. Like when they yeah. prog- when they made this show, they didn't think about like mm. Chad, twenty five <laughs> in his house, who like has a letterbox <laughs> account and like likes the Joker. Yeah. They no, want they no want the, was thinking of the him twelve when they to did this. sixteen year olds that watch TikTok every day. Then they know they're, they're going to watch it regardless of whether or not they like these people. It's mm. going to be watched. And twelve, like, why are we invalidating the, the likes of? Oh yeah. Women? Okay, so I just want to say. I am against a show largely based upon the fact that two large prominent members of the Hype House have been in trouble for multiple contro- controversies. Controversies. Or controversies. Do you not think that Netflix was sort of like 
scope out and at least like be wary of well, those kind of people. I know it's happened before where people have, you know, companies that are kind of largely out of, you know, they don't really understand. They are out of touch, They're, they're yeah. out of touch with the space. Yeah. Cast someone and then realise and then take it back. Yeah. And so, in general, I don't want to necessarily comment on this specific content house mm. because I don't, generally for that reason, I don't think that they deserve a show because I think that's irresponsible to platform controversial, problematic people mm. that is harmful but in general giving people like this shows giving houses like this shows mm. giving influencer program influencers programs mm. is kind of more what i thought we'd do yeah about. i okay. do not want anyone to think that i'm endorsing <laughs> <laughs> the behaviors of people in the hype house when i say that i would watch a show like that yeah but then it's not really about them it's sort of about what the show would entail in, in mm. general i guess what the lives of those kind of people would live and because it is unscripted I mean, yeah. they said unscripted. I don't know how loosely the, the term yeah, unscripted I mean. is. But I think it, people really don't necessarily know what it's like being in that industry. I recently saw an article that was published about a career house that I'm not familiar with. I, I recognise some of the faces, but they were essentially talking about how some big companies fly creators out and they make all these promises or mm. brand deals and then it's really exploitative and really horrible yeah. and they're not making any money and they're not getting any brand deals and suddenly they have to pay rent for these mansions that they no longer can afford because yeah. they're not getting any work exploited and so i think we kind of have like a certain rose colored view or kind of just like a how are these kids yeah. in la making all this money view of some of these people yeah. and it's not realistic and so I am interested in seeing that side of things, but I'm yeah. thinking maybe the hype house show isn't going to be that side of things. Well, that's yeah. I mean, I guess in that way you kind of sort of need like borderline a documentary on sort of what yeah. those people kind of live. I can't imagine that uh, a show about the hype house would be sort of informative in any way. Well, maybe potentially, but yeah. I can't imagine that's the direction they go in. I think yeah. they probably want the most entertaining. I guess like not necessarily beef, but like some sort of engagement between all of the members yeah, I whatnot. saw a, um, a writer called Kat Tenbarge tweet Netflix has such amazing documentaries and docuseries let's look at the industry critically maybe instead of giving exploitative teen content houses a boost mm. I promise the shady business in the influencer industry is much more interesting mm. which I would eat, I would <laughs> eat that up yeah I mean, I, yeah, I'd enjoy it too. I watched though. the college admission scandal. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I love drama like that. And so I'm surprised, maybe. I'm also kind of surprised, but it also shows kind of like how the tidings have changed and kind of how yeah. big business look at platforms like YouTube. Um, because David Dobrik, who largely controversial man now, <laughs> we mentioned him Times have changed. in the first episode. And honestly, since then, public perception and my perception of him it's all changed, declined yeah. very... I mean, I didn't like him very much when I mentioned him, this but is even is, more yeah. so yeah, now than then. Um, I remember him saying in a, pub, a podcast that he had pitched a YouTube series to Netflix. Or a yeah, series. Like, I do called, remember that, yeah. Like a frat house sort of vibe. And they were like, haha, no. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess his content was probably very different. And maybe, maybe it was a different time as well, because I felt that was quite a while ago, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, so it shows that they've kind of changed their look on things, because at that point they were like, yeah. this is not worth it. But airing. I was thinking at that point, Netflix was sort of on top of the world, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. it was a few years ago, Netflix was kind of like broken into this, mm. the mainstreaming platform for everything. They don't even need to like True. do anything like that. Another thing that people have talked about is the fact that so many good TV shows that are important, that have a lot to say, have been cancelled. And then mm. Netflix is funding 
a show like this. Yeah. And so like they're kind revival. of upset of there are shows and stories that could be told that would people would love to be told that have been cancelled. Why were they cancelled? Yeah. To give the hype house. A yeah. Market. I mean, I get it entirely. But then they don't care really, do they? Netflix, they, they, what all that matters to them is what is going to get the most views, realistically. So why would they care? Mm. Regardless of the sort of the bad PR, it's similar to the Super League in a way, but regardless of the bad PR, they don't care. They just want whatever they think will get the most views, they will go for no matter what. I mean, shows that they've cancelled so far, well, they cancelled in 2020 was Glow, mm-hmm. the show about, um, what was it, female wrestlers, yeah. the society, um, I'm Not Okay With This, Teenage Bounty Hunters, Patriot Act, uh, Turn Up Charlie, which was, what's his name, Idris Elba's? Idris Elba, yeah. Yeah, his show is cancelled, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Spilling Out, Spinning Out. Mm. So these are shows that people love, yeah. they enjoy, and they've been axed. Mm. Yeah, it is strange. I mean, the Hype House is basically sort of one of the biggest things on TikTok, mm. and TikTok is one of the biggest apps among young people in the world. So, I mean, financially, regardless of how many, how many views that was, I, I mean, yeah, I can't imagine that the Hype House had direct influence on the cancelling of these kind of shows, but then it makes perfect sense for Netflix to invest in a show like the Hype House, without a doubt, to me anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, logically, it is a very sensible business decision. Yeah. You know, when you look at but it morally, on paper, it's very it different. does make a lot of sense. But when you look at it, maybe like creatively, yeah, your it kind of does raise a bit of like red flags of kind yeah. of like what do they aim to achieve? It reduces credibility, I feel like as well, sort of like like a Mickey Mouse. Okay, so we will bring in our live studio audience <laughs> for a minute. We have Kate. Is in it the my studio. time? It's your time quickly. <laughs> Are there any shows that you love that have been cancelled by Netflix that you would like to bring back? in return and give them so you'd say no hype house bring back this actually you mentioned one i really enjoyed i liked teenage bounty hunters and i also really enjoyed the society and i heard they cancelled that because of covid because it was a very large cast but that was a really good show and supply and demand indeed supply and demand or demand sorry (laughs) um so yeah i mean generally speaking it does make sense that they would get rid of maybe shows that they think are too yeah. because let's be honest how expensive will it be to film a hype house reality series nothing borderline nothing the maybe. the difference between the what they put into it versus yeah. what they get out exactly. of it is so astronomical yeah. that it genuinely does make sense that they would just be like this this is yeah, the correct doubt. decision for us um, so it's like a, a low risk, relatively high reward, regardless of what happens, because it's not going to cost them loads, and that's yeah, it's basically all they, all they can ask for. But you know, dis- despite this, despite the fact that I wonder if they calculated how many people did not want to see the hype mm. house show. Yeah, I don't think they were probably wary of how disliked they were because I mean they can't be very in touch really with the t- the internet and Twitter and TikTok. And teenagers. Because people are people are really upset. I mean, I saw someone say, um, uh, someone throwing a TV. I mean, it was a it was a fake video. Mm-hmm. Well, not a fake video, but out of context of someone like throwing their TV across yeah, the yeah. room, and it was like me when I see Nikita Dragon on my TV with the Hype House <laughs> series. Like, I wonder if when 
some of these execs because again i don't think they i think a lot of executives and a lot of business people when they see influencers they see a number and don't realize all of the nuance that comes with that number they just kind of see 100 million followers Mm. that's great not always great and this is a real red flag so many influencer scandalous it seems i mean regardless of what they do they always well there always seems to be a scandal regarding some sort of influencer there's not many that you can come across that are incredibly I don't yeah. know what the word is. Innocent. Yeah, innocent. Um, also, I think, generally speaking, a lot of people kind of diminish influences and diminish influence like this because they just kind of don't really feel like they deserve maybe the attention that they're yeah. getting because it just kind of feels like they're doing a whole bunch of nothing mm. and kind of reaping like a huge financial reward. Um, but that being said, are there any actual creators that you would love if they got... A TV show, like if they got a Netflix series, like a documentary. I mean, it's quite a cliche, but I think Cody Ko and Noel Miller would be hilarious. Yeah, but not like obviously in a very different form to the hype house. But I think like if they had direct, like creative control over what they were doing, it'd be mm. unbelievable. It would be. Yeah, but then there are so many people I feel like that many people are going to think that are more deserving than the hype mm. house to have a Netflix show. But obviously, I mean, I don't really know what the hype house does. I mean, you know more than me and you still don't know. Yeah, and I don't really know much other than the occasional TikTok. I know one of the girls, Sienna, is like a body positivity advocate. That's how she became famous, like showing that she doesn't have like the media held body standard. And I I do respect that. Um, The others I don't really know much about. I mean, Nikita Dragon is a bit of a menace to society (laughs) at this point. She's kind of always around, but even though she's always around, I don't really know what she's around doing. Yeah, neither do I to be honest, but I don't really pay so much attention. So maybe it will actually be interesting to see a reality series. I think it will be interesting. Maybe there's more to them that we don't actually know. I can't imagine that, but you know. I am expecting one of those like very cliche, very irritating emotional scenes where someone is crying over something that really doesn't warrant the amount of tears that they yeah. are crying. With dramatic music in the background, yeah. Um, I do imagine those like pans. Like they have, you know when they have like the live interviews where they're talking to the camera, but then they suddenly yeah. don't want to be mic'd anymore. <laughs> I'm imagining uh. a lot of scenes like that and then when you really boil them down it's basically yeah. nothing that they're really upset about basically just like i'm a celebrity being rehashed in truly. la but yeah truly i wonder if this is going to be a pattern i wonder if the hype house reality series will be the first and then they'll be like this isn't we should yeah. leave this on youtube or this will be the first of many new netflix because i mean netflix <laughs> recently i would say kind of has the artist documentary they have the Taylor Swift documentary, yeah. the Shawn Mendes documentary, the Blackpink documentary. That wasn't really common mm. until recently, I would yeah. say. So I wonder if this will be a trend of... I mean, unfortunately... A lot of creators are going to have opportunities like yeah. this. Unfortunately, it all kind of really depends on the audience's perception of it because ultimately that's all they care about, right? They don't yeah. care about... They don't even care about the quality of what they make, essentially, if they're making enough money from it. Mm. That's what they really care about. And if it makes money, they'll probably give more creative opportunities and I guess experiment and find sort of the best formula in a way to having creators on Netflix and making their own shows and seeing what they can provide. Mm, but Netflix stock currently is dropping. As a result of this? Um, or just I in general? I don't want... I mean, I saw someone say Netflix stock okay. drops because of the Hype House reality Maybe it's TV just, series. Yeah. I don't think those are correlated and I don't understand stocks. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't comment. 
But I'd be surprised. I do wonder if if Netflix continues to make decisions that everyone sees as tone deaf. Yeah. Specifically with other companies now vying to have an identical business model who yeah. maybe are making smarter decisions if mm. Netflix is kind of going to ruin the good thing that they have yeah. going by cancelling shows that people actually want to see mm. and making Hype House documentaries. How yeah. many people are going to hold on to their subscriptions and yeah. not just move to Disney or something? Yeah, it's very possible. But, I mean, yeah, again, it really all just depends on one, how, how perceptive they are to audience reaction, but also how driven they are by views and made and money they make because ultimately even if like if you're making all this money and everyone's watching it if the quality is diminishing over time eventually people will stop watching and move to other places that have much higher quality tv shows yeah. like disney people will kind of just be like i can't do it they don't care anymore yeah they're done with I it i can't do it yeah so netflix has got to adapt really Netflix has got to adapt and they've I just want big businesses to I just don't understand why big businesses don't start hiring like twenty year olds. You'd think that would be the way to do it. Media skills that can kind of tell these executives like listen and give like a <laughs> I would love that job. Oh yeah. I, I would love working for to give them a comprehensive backstory. It's like a dream job for of you. all the internet because sometimes I'm just I, I see decisions that companies make, not just Netflix, but sometimes brands deciding who they want yeah. to work with. And I'm just like, How did you miss this? <laughs> how like how do you not know that this... it's, it, it's obvious to us really, isn't it? Just because of yeah. the life that we live, we're sort of involved in it, whereas they they're not. There's they're so detached from it, but they still want to be involved yeah. and then they in, like they interject themselves and then completely miss the mark because mm. they don't know where they should be marketing to like the super league well in similar ways to super I league. guess like this a full America, yeah discussion. I mean the American owners know nothing about the football and but then they still try and put their foot in it and create something yeah. better and then they realise that they were completely wrong unintentionally yeah. the basis of this entire episode has yeah. been money driven people linked. creating things <laughs> and not realising why the thing that they're creating isn't actually yep. the good thing that they thought it was and then having to retract <laughs> yeah exactly would you look at that yeah it was all my I, fault I wish I I wish I could say that that was a carefully executed <laughs> decision on my part that I wanted to have this overall theme yeah. but it genuinely was accidental these genuinely are the things that were just trending on the internet this I week. knew when I was coming on this is what I was going to do I planned <laughs> it so we are finally at the end of the third episode of the podcast of mm. Search History did you enjoy your time on the podcast I did it was very fun it was, uh, it was much better than I expected. To be was it? Were you yeah. nervous at all? I don't think I was nervous. I was just sort of like unsure as to how good I'd be at this. I still don't think I'm very good at it, but I thought I at least said some stuff that wasn't really that boring, at least. No, I was interested. <laughs> so we talked a lot about internet culture, about money, about capitalism, about the need <laughs> to make money. Um, and it was, it was a really fun episode to film. I really enjoyed it. Um, thank you to Kate for being our live studio audience for this episode. You're welcome. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening to this episode. Please follow the podcast. Please like the Instagram pages. Um, also, again, hopefully I do want the podcast to be more interactive. So if you see any Instagram stories, please, please engage with them. Thank you so much for listening and have a good day. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.